everybody, welcome to the 99th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. Ooh, 99, that sounds cool. Getting close to 100, baby. And uh, before we get started, just a quick reminder to please check out our Patreon if you like what we do and you want to show your support. And you can get some cool exclusive benefits in the process, like access to our Discord and livecast. And at the end of the episode, stick around, we've got an interview with Jerome's Dream. And in other news, uh, we're cutting the news and new releases segment. Uh, it's being cut because, frankly, it's redundant. However, you can let us know what you thought of the episode on Spotify and let us know if we should keep the segment, as well as vote on what your favorite band is now. So please let us know and uh, leave us five stars as well if you like what you hear. So the first band we're going to talk about is Sleep Sculptor. And Sleep Sculptor are a... They're, tra- well, I don't, they're not transatlantic, I guess, because apparently the vocalist lives in Canada, but we'll get to that. They're a mathcore band from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and Calgary, Canada, evidently. And they just dropped their new album, Divine Recalibration, on April 28th. You know, We've discussed this band a number of times in the past, and I was a big fan of their combination of metalcore and mathcore. The dual vocal attack, I think, is what really made them one of the more like significant up-and-coming bands in that style. They really use the back and forth. Yeah, they were very well utilized. They weren't just like layering a very similar range. There was some like distinct registers and uh, attack and technique going on there. So they, in 2000, uh, 2021, rather, it was announced that the band was parting ways with both Hunter and Ben, which is their two vocalists, their former vocalists, and releasing one final single with the two of them with that announcement. So I think a lot of people were sort of like wondering if losing one of the flagship characteristics of what made this band good would spell the end of Sleep Sculptor. Uh, Those people would have been wrong, though, because they have recruited French vocal coach and uh, session vocalist Florent Curatola to handle vocal duties. And, uh, of course, now he's located in Canada, so putting that speculation to rest as well, they have somebody they can actually tour with. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Solid vocals. Uh, Versatile. Really really versatile. Fills out every track. Um, really don't need two vocalists when, you know, he's, he's doing the work of, of that, you know? I mean, touche. I mean, if you have somebody who can do such a wide variety of, of delivery, yeah, he's really got good mids, good, you know, good highs. There's not like a lot of like super like low lows, but that's not something that you normally hear in this style anyway. And I think that they're sort of leaning away from any like death chorisms now, like fully. I definitely thought this band was going to be toast after the, the the leaving of the two vocalists. So it's just great to see a full length um, silent pendulums uh, embracing this, you know, mm-hmm. um, pretty, pretty strong release. Yeah. Good label backing the band as well. It, truly living up to the album's title, by the way. Calibrating it, fine tuning. Yeah. Recalibrated to a, a phenomenal effect. Although I, I do miss the dual vocal attack provided by Ben and Hunter Florent really does handle uh, you know a similar range minus those like super high shrieks I think and again the lows as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. There's such an incredible energy and forward motion to every track on this fucking album. It's it's really hard to pick a favorite honestly. They just really have turned up like the complexity and the intensity. It's a healthy amount of tracks on this album too. Yeah, and and very little filler either. There's there's like two like little interlude tracks, but they really do serve their purpose as like breathers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're they're very well placed in there. Man, I mean, just right off the bat, I'm gonna say the two tracks that kind of stood stu- out to me more was a uh, shattered nerve uh, yeah. and uh, plaster saint. Plaster saint, <sighs> you know, just because we got Cameron, Cameron on there, and my God, does he do a good fucking vocal appearance there? Yeah, that was sort of the sauce. I think that is nice to hear on this record is those those shrieks from Cameron for sure, like. 
you can't go wrong with um, with Plaster Saint for sure. I think that's one of the better tracks. But Shattered Nerve, talking about kicking down the door with an opener, like really just loving all the various guitar noises, pitch shifting, just truly taking so many boxes for people who like this sort of music. I mean, if you like Shattered Nerve, you're going to like the rest of the album too. I feel like they're just giving laying it all out on the table and then, yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking great. Um, I really enjoyed listening to this. Like I was saying before, I really thought these guys were toast. Uh, they're not. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really shattered nerve to talk about that again. Is an excellent tone setter for sure. And the Swarm of Bees guitar effect, even more enveloping on this release too. It's like the breakdowns hit even harder. It's basically a, a clinic in pitch shifting and like weird guitar noises, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, even uh, the track "Red of Agony" have another vocal appearance. Uh, the Chad uh, Capper or whatever. Oh yeah, that was another good one. That I'll say that that track is a bit more on the straightforward side, but like you can just see that fucking feature coming a mile away, can't you? They Absolutely. just you, they just like set you up for that. It's you um, can feel it. I I just I feel it's like two really good choices for vocal appearances with uh, Chad and Cameron. Perfect, so, well perfect done. choices. Yeah. yeah. Chef's kiss there for sure. Yeah, shattered nerve, really fucking killing it. Rite of agony, also really good. Plaster saint. Obviously, the the guest vocal tracks are going to be like go tos, but the original tracks without original tracks, the tracks without any guest. Shattered nerve for sure is like is top shelf. I think that pry was also um, really quite good as well. Equivalent, excuse me, equivalent exchange. Definitely like your classic swarm of bees type. You know disgusting half-step harmonies just again so many fucking boxes being ticked here on this album honestly i think that symbiote reborn should have probably been the closing track though because i think the last track was a bit um it was a bit more subdued i don't know it just like wasn't it just didn't have like the same like frenetic energy that the rest of the album does it's the ender and it's also the title track um and for that i thought it was going to be a little bit more you know for that reason yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of a trend in like recent like metalcore and mathcore albums of the last, let's say, five years to sort of end with like a more subdued kind of like cathartic, not a mosh banger at all, which is sort of counterintuitive. You always expect the breakdown to end whatever's happening in metalcore. Yeah, yep, yeah. You start with a breakdown, you end with a breakdown, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, the bands have been trying to subvert that expectation so much to the point that now my expectation is to hear this cathartic end piece and yeah it just it wasn't quite the the ender i was hoping for but other than that that's such like a a minute complaint because everything else about this album is just so good this is easily one of the best math core releases of the year yep agreed In, in probably cracking my top 10 so far so I think that Shattered Nerve is the one. What do you think? Hey, hey, Shattered Nerve. Yeah, we're, we're both showing a lot of love for that one. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Shattered Nerve, which is track one from Divine Recalibration. And that's Sleep Sculptor's new album that came out on April 28th via Silent Pendulum Records. Here we go. Yeah! 
So that was Shattered Nerve, which is track one from Divine Recalibration, which is Sleep Sculpture's new album that came out back in April. So next, we're going to talk about Jerome's Dream. Mm. <laughs> Levi likes that one. You can tell cool. by the intensity of the mm. little screamo index collapse in here. The more like skexies that you get with it, mm. this is the more like <laughs> <You> get excited. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have seen the Dark Crystal, right? Huh? Yes. Okay, good. Bowie with your package. It's got a what's that isn't that the one with bowie in it dark yeah. crystal no 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 that that is also Man, very good a hog in that one <laughs> hog and a half that that's the labyrinth oh the labyrinth okay, yeah okay. that's a good one though. wait uh, dark crystal that's the jim henson one right? yeah it's also yeah, jim henson that. so fair, fair to mix those up yep so jerome's dream are a screamo band from san francisco california originally from connecticut and they just released their new album the gray in between on may 5th via iodine recordings and honestly, like this band hardly needs a fucking introduction. Yeah, uh, like, we've been referencing them for fucking years. Um, wow. Um, just to go off script, what can you, I mean, they're like one of the most profound, uh, profoundly influential bands in Screamo. They define the genre for me, and I think for a lot of people, they're and, a walking meme in Screamo as well. With the with the they're, yeah, they're they're sort of like the, you know the Screamo skull is definitely a bit of a, a meme, but I, I think that just sort of is, is a testament to how just how big of the part of the um the zeitgeist they are yep uh at the end of the episode we're uh we'll be tacking on that uh, uh interview that christian and i did uh with them and here at the place but um, yeah so please stick around for that as well it's an hour long so you know you got to bear with us and they'll talk about the album a lot on the interview and everything um but mostly like uh we didn't get to talk too much about like the, each track specifically they didn't really want to talk about the title the titles of the tracks at the time uh but man it, it this whole album is wonderful. It, it just busts out the door. Um, Jeff doing the screaming vocals that he does on this one is really what they were missing. Uh, it's just, a, I mean, it's just a really solid, aggressive album. I mean, at some point, there it's nothing new is being done, not reinventing the wheel here, but it just sounds like Jerome's dream, you know? It, I think the reason that it sounds like that is because they invented the wheel yeah <laughs> i think that they they don't have to like make any profound musical statement because they they already have they i think it's a testament to how they have crafted the very vernacular that makes up this music like they they're, they're not out there trying to like do crazy shit on this album necessarily i guess like it's not like boldly experimental in terms of like genre fusion or anything mm-hmm. so yeah i hear what you're saying there but yeah um i i think that's sort of a testament to just how influential they are because they're they're doing them, and it just happens to be that that is what is still fresh and cutting edge sounding today. I, I think it's a test of them to being trendsetters and having not lost the plot about what makes heavy music good. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Very well said. That um, with this album, uh, we we kind of go about it in the interview as well. They have there's two breathers, cosmos in in season and often o- oceans. Just two little good small, breathers, like, yeah, little like one minute tracks, and you, I, I appreciate them because, like yeah, I said, it it busts out busts out busts down the door uh, of this album just being ridiculously chaotic. Yeah, great moshy opener. Yep. But th- those those uh, little interludes are so complimentary, though, especially um, what is it about oceans or uh, uh, often oceans? Often oceans is such a perfect complimentary track of the last water pearl. It just makes this like one two punch that is like a really impactful ending to this album. And I can just see that that the last water pearl being so mesmerizing live, you know, with how many repeats are on that guitar part. Take notes, sleep sculptor. This is how you end an album. No, no, just joking. Just joking. I'd say it. apples and oranges for sure. Of course, Levi's being silly, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, what a what a ender though. What a, what a way to end this album. Like, you know, I'm a bit of a late comer, admittedly, to the whole screamo thing. Like, I, it wasn't until like 2008 or 2009 when I started hanging out with Levi and uh, my former bandmate, my current bandmate, Quade Ross. Quaid. But yeah, I can tell you that Jerome's Dream is practically an institution at this point with how long they've been around and with how many bands are just so clearly borrowing from their sound, knowingly or otherwise. And what I appreciate most is, again, the return to the screaming, for sure. I think that when they came back with 2019's LP, that was a huge disconnect for a lot of people. And Jeff has brought back wisely, I think. And I just felt, I think what he from what he was saying in the interview you hear later... He just felt it was, I think, more natural, I think, is what came out of him during yep. tour and practice. So. The, the megaphone vocals of Presents and LP are not needed, really. Curiously, I kind of appreciate the aesthetic because I really enjoy the band Japan Droids, and I feel like there's mm. a real similar yep. vocal production aesthetic to what those megaphone-style vocals sounded like. But, yeah, it just with the screaming, it just sounds way more visceral and personal. Yeah, man, this is basically a perfect return to form. Um, after many listens, I would venture to say that this goes toe-to-toe with their old stuff. Yes, absolutely. I, I, there's going to be a lot of OG Screamo heads that are probably going to dogpile me for just saying that, but I, I think that this is really quite good. I've listened to it a lot of times, and the more I listen to it, the more I appreciate it. Man, tracks that really stuck out to me, uh, just the first one, naturally, Conversations in Time on, on Mute, that was amazing, and... Another single that they released right off the bat, uh, Jeff, I know, is going to love us to make... Stretch make, Invisible from London. Actually, no, I was the... Ay-yah. Oh, I, like, I always want to... Uh, like, in the interview, they they, they want to see how you pronounce it. So I, It's open to interpretation, evidently. Yep. That's a great track, by the way. I would say Stretch Invisible from London is fucking... Is exemplary, though. That's a major mosher. Conversations in Time on Mute, also super good. South by... I, I, excuse me, South by... I, so, <laughs> Can I say that right now? What is it? It's, it's South by Isolation, right? Yes. Yeah. South by Isolation is like a bit more on like the OG kind of like Screamer sound, I think. It's, a, yes. it's more of like a return to the like the uh, the older sound. But yeah, the rest of the album just still feels so cutting edge. And what's so astonishingly about that is that they've, they have a new member in the band writing the majority of this music. Sean Leary of Loma Prieta has filled the place of uh, Nick Antonopoulos as like the the guitarist in this band so which they also address in the interview too um the feedback is there the, the feedback is is so good too yeah, uh, great oh, oh. great guitar feedback album yep overall solid solid release man i got nothing else to say i'm just gonna keep repeating myself i keep yep. going there same same i'm definitely sputtering at this point this was super good though one of, one of the best releases of the month of may for sure and i think it's probably screamo album of the year I'm I'm marking it up there. I'm putting it on there. There, there might be some close ones there. Yeah, there's some good Screamo out this year for sure. Screamo is just back and bigger than ever, and I think that Zegama Beach Records 2023 is is evidence of that. Their fest this year was just absolutely fucking insane looking. Yep. I wish I could have made it. So I think we should give them Stretched Invisible from London. I think that's probably yeah. the most concise single. That drum in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stretch up for your uh, your roundhouse kicks. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Stretched Invisible from London, which is track two from The Gray In Between, and that's Jerome's Dream, Jerome's Dream's new album that came out on May 5th via Iodine Recordings. Here we go.
right, so that was Stretched Invisible from London. And that's off Jerome's Dream's new album, The Grey in Between, which came out on May 5th via Iodine Recordings. So next, we're going to talk about Death Coals. And Death Coals are a chaotic hardcore duo from London, UK. And they just dropped their sophomore LP, A Garden of Dead Flowers, on May 5th via Prosthetic Records. We discussed the band back in 2021 when, when they released their debut LP, The Horrible and the Miserable. And I really enjoy like the unpolished, honest, and raw um, emotional performances and its combination of like sasscore and you know chaotic hardcore, mathcore, whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, just to sort of like cut to the chase, I don't think that A Garden of Dead Flowers quite lives up to the expectations that I had based upon how good that record was. Last record held my attention very well. Um, there's a lot of this, a lot of the same tracks on here. They kind of repeat themselves. I feel like they have a certain equation, um, vocal styles. You know, um, yeah. Uh, overall, it was it was a good uh, a good um, list of tracks. But I definitely was like, wait, what track am I on now? Okay, like that kind of thing. I definitely was like looking at my my watch for sure. Kind of thing. <laughs> like I do want to praise the band's ability to craft anthemic breakdowns and lyrics. Like they are, they're clever. You know, they like, they, mm-hmm. they write clever lyrics and really like mosh conscious parts. Um, and that really comes through on faux macho. And I wouldn't be caught dead taking a bullet for you. And there's some really, they're, they're definitely trying some different stuff on this record too, which I appreciate with like loveless and death goals in cursive specifically. I found interesting because they're sort of utilizing some like, like metallic clanking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that did kind of like add a little bit extra to the release, some nice uh, production touches there. But unfortunately for me, this record has more valleys than peaks. Like the title track definitely drags for one. Like the middle of the album really loses me with Loveless and uh, P-A-N-S-Y. It becomes painfully obvious. I think that you were just sort of saying a second ago that there's a bit of a formula. And I think that it, on that track, it's pretty evident because it's like the staggered vocals. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm hearing a song that they've written before on that track. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It sounds too similar with the way that the drums are, um, the way that the, like the, the drum patterns are and the way that the vocal parts are sort of staggered. I think that's what it is specifically for me. I will say, however, just to sort of like wrap this up with something positive, because I do love Death Colts. I think they're a great band. This is an album that is still worth your time just to sort of, you know, compliment sandwich here. I feel like maybe we get too fixated on trying to like deliver our critiques lately that we're sort of rubbing people the wrong way. So I'm trying to really be constructive here and really spell it out for you that I like this band a lot and that you should still listen to it. But um, I will say just to get back to what I'm saying here, the second leg of this album is much, much stronger, like Starting with, what is it? Death Goals in Cursive. I really like that track. I think that the the clanking and that that's put together well with the second leg of that track. I Wouldn't Be Caught Dead Taking a Bullet for You, You're the Guillotine, and Faux Macho are all really fantastic tracks. Yep, You're the you're the uh, of the Guillotine. Uh, last Night I Had a Dream About Death. Uh, those are my two favorites. They need to get on a U.S. tour here pronto. Just two of you. Get on over here. If you like the energy of their first album, it's basically still there. You know, you, you get the hand claps, again, the clever clever lyrics. There's some fat fucking breakdowns on this album that'll make you want to mosh your ass off. Um, there's also some, like, ass-shaking moments again because they, they still have that element of sass core as well. Um, again, especially on Faux Macho, this album ends so strong with that track specifically. 
I thought it was a curious choice to lead with that as the lead single, though, that being said. It's like revealing the end of the album for us ahead of time. Yeah, I never really understand that move. Pupil Slicer did the exact same thing. Both of them are on prosthetic records. Coincidence? Insert Charlie Day meme. Prosthetic, what are you doing to these kids? That being said, um, I think I Wouldn't Be Caught Dead Taking a Bullet for You is like the track for the podcast. Cool. I mean, either that or Faux Macho, but I feel like Faux Macho, is, as much as I like it, is a bit more straightforward. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like I Wouldn't Be Caught Dead is more like quintessentially the Math Core Index song. Yep, yep. I'm with you on that one. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and play for you I Wouldn't Be Caught Dead Taking a Bullet for You. And that is uh, track seven from A Garden of Dead Flowers that came out on May 5th via Prosthetic Records. Here we go. So that was I Wouldn't Be Caught Dead Taking a Bullet for You 
which is track seven from Death Goal's new album, A Garden of Dead Flowers, and that came out on May 5th via Prosthetic Records. So next, we're going to talk about From Joy. And From Joy are a metalcore quartet from Houston, Texas. And they just dropped their debut full t- self-titled full-length on April 28th, independently. And, wow, I mean, you've probably been listening to this podcast. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with this band already because they've just been, their output is pretty goddamn staggering. They're, I'd say next to Grey C, they're one of the hardest-working, unsigned bands in metalcore. Mm-hmm. And when I say metalcore, I mean that in the broadest possible sense because what they do is so like genre defying. They really have just brought in together elements of metalcore and mathcore with EDM and vaporwave. And um, it's a new hot thing out there. It's a, it's a new beast. Yeah. It's, it's really a, a truly a kind of a new sound that we're hearing sort of emerge. Uh, Dim and Omerta are kind of both on the cusp of, of a very similar movement. Granted one is more new metal leaning and the other is more metalcore slash like mathcore leaning, but yeah, both coming out of, of uh, Texas, of course. So really just some some incredible underground music coming out of that area that is really cutting edge and from joy are at the at the, the very the forefront of this movement. There are I mean, naturally, um the with this with his more vaporwave kind of touch, uh, this 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 release definitely has some some singing th- tossed in there. Some oddities and odds some, and ends for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, there are there there are a few tracks I've noticed I skip over. You know, I'm just not feeling. What are your this, thoughts on Helios? Just to like get very quickly to that one because oh, that's I, oh I um I honestly I fucking love that. Uh, I love that it was like towards the end, but also I could have taken that as like an opener. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I think a lot of people are going to be commenting on that one. That's why I wanted to sort of just get to it very quickly because it's, it's so vaporwave un- in a breakdown. It's That's vaporwave it in a breakdown and like a saxophone solo too. I think yeah, sexy sax. It's really quite unusual. I I, I got hard. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's at half mass right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, it's definitely they're on some different shit. I don't really, I don't really know what else to say. It's like. It's, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to hear them finally put out a full length worth of material. I'll say that this was a satisfying. I feel like they they heard me and they're like, okay, fine, we'll give you the full length. So, um, the uh, with all these tracks and everything, this is another release of this podcast where I'm going to say uh, hats off with the vocal uh, appearances here. Um, they have a lot of great ones. My favorite, not uh, naturally, would be a docility with uh, the peeling flesh. Peeling flesh, just Oof. absolutely disgusting. Pretty battle. sure, peeling flesh is a Texas group too. There. Maybe I, I'm not really sure about that. I don't, I don't know where they hail from, but Y'all that gross. that fucking that vocal feature is makes that track one of the best tracks on the album. That breakdown in which that that feature is is highlighted. Have you seen super, the Peeling Flesh vocalist? No, big boy. Admittedly, but big big badass boy. He's fucking huge. It's fucking it's like he's like four, four of me. The vocals are fucking sick. So yeah, definitely appreciate the contribution there. There was also Iris. EXE, I believe, is, is on this album too. If I'm yep, not mistaken. that was one of the tracks. And I, I like her contribution. She's on the new Acacia Strain album as well. Mm-hmm. Providing some quote unquote haunting female vocals. <laughs> she wasn't credited initially by Rise Records, I think, was sort of a bit of a hullabaloo. Yep, yep. Um, I, I got to say, though, uh, the the opener, the Acela. Oh, my God. Yeah, Acela. The just the snare work immediately you're like okay it was okay i gotta sit back here i love the drum sound on all their stuff yes yeah the the drum sound is fucking fantastic that vein uh, you know 
just a super poppy snare. Those blasts get sprinkled in everywhere through this, and it's fucking just great, man. Yeah, uh, fuck. Looking at the track list, every track is is like good. Acela, morbidly perfect, docility, machine, uh, serif, the self title. I love how they gave us the the classic from joy from the album from joy by the band from joy that's a bad company move right there <laughs> classic classic shit really appreciated that yeah with all the electronic inclusions this really this is just uh yeah this is a really fun listen this is super super good this is another band get your ass to the fucking west coast this i like i they're on tour they're on tour, on tour. Yeah, yeah. they're about to go on tour right now actually yeah and we'll get to that in a minute i'm actually going to do a bit of a, a tour around up here after we're done talking about from joy. I'm sort of out of notes on this one. Hit the, hit the end of the road here, but yeah, this album is so fucking good. I, I think a is the track we should give them. We both agree on that, right? Opener. Yeah. That are, I mean, docility, if we want to show off appealing flesh vocals. Yeah. But I, I prefer these days to sort of avoid the guest feature tracks. I feel like it's almost like, mm. it's like giving them more credit for their original work. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, there's a lack of originality by having a vote, you know, a guest feature on, but it's like, yeah, no features. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Acela, which is track one from From Joy's self-titled LP, which came out back in April. Here we go.
so next we're going to give you in lieu of news and new releases because of course there's no news to talk about and there's no new releases well i mean there's there's a couple of new releases but again it's just it, it felt redundant to talk about that considering we already talked about the releases and i'm just like which we'll talk about later this episode. There's no new news. <laughs> there's, mm. there's no new news. So instead, we're going to give you some news in the, the form of tour announcements. So coming up here next week, From Joy will be going on a U.S. tour, a full U.S. tour, except for West Coast, but most of the United States, including the Midwest, East Coast, Southwest, and the Deep South. Then uh, we've got Callus Dabways have announced their first European tour. Fucking kudos to Carson and gang for making it over there. I'm sure our European friends are going to be really fucking stoked, especially our friends over at the Heaviest Podcast. And they'll be in Europe starting with Sheffield in late July and uh, ending with Arctangent in August. So, good little run there. Let's see here, what else? Motion, or excuse me, not Motion Mosaic, they just ended that one. The Sound of the Creation. Holy shit, Chris Deering is a fucking beast when it comes to touring, dude. Just announced another tour coming up here at the end of May, starting in El Paso on 26th and ending in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But going all over the United States, including California, a bunch of California dates. This is actually majority of a, a West Coast tour. It is a West Coast tour. He's literally on a surfboard. I'm just seeing that. Whoops. Uh, this uh, <laughs> this is a little late, uh, but um, the, uh, this is the last night, uh, May 19th, of the Hopscotch for battle, uh, Hopscotch Battle Scars uh, tour as well. Oh, with they Abrupt had, Decay. Yep, yep. Uh, had a, what, <laughs> what, like seven, seven dates, the full fucking week. So by the time this podcast is published, this will be completely useless news to you. Yep. Yep, but it's it's good to get it out. Well, there. well right now it's the last night, so even then, if you're like, "Hey, if you're in Canada tonight," you know that kind of thing. So. Hopefully, you got that tour. Though. That's a fucking a sick little package. Tour uh, two great underground bands there. Dot gift from God going on tour here, uh, starting in Baltimore on June 9th and ending in Richmond. Mostly an East Coast Midwest run, but their new EP is a fucking banger. You should catch that run if you're able to. Speaking of Dabways, they'll also be on tour here in June with Rolo Tomasi Rolo back for another US run they'll be hitting uh, West Coast Southwest see you next Tuesday going on tour with Meth actually maybe I should cut that they're on tour right now (laughs) by the time this is published that will be useless New Friends Fest 23 wow what an insane fucking lineup page 99 here's collective I didn't I didn't say it wrong that time Cloud Rat what else I couldn't Gift from God, Ostraka, man, super good lineup. And uh, I think that's it. So this, those are your tours coming up. Oh, Botch doing a Japanese tour. Mm-hmm. Not only um, they, they got Jerome Dream coming up here too. They got a they got a tour going on. Oh yeah, Jerome's Dream just announced a, a European run as well. Yep. So that's it. Those are your those are your tour news newses. So next, we're going to talk about Abrupt Decay. And Abrupt Decay are a metalcore, mathcore quintet from Alberta, Canada. Speaking of which, 
And they just dropped their new EP, As It Came For Me, So Shall It Come For You. Ooh, ominous. Mm-hmm. And that came out on April 21st. We discussed their full length, I Was Never Here, last May. And uh, notably, they have once again tapped our boy Jeff Lazars of Sunflower for cover art, who also did the cover for the Best Dallas Cowboys. cover art. Man, he does really wonderful photography. Like, just on a personal level, I really enjoy his work. Um, and I, I feel like I, it was always well-suited for album covers. So I, th- I thought it was an excellent choice to tap him again. He did Die on Mars for the Callous Cowboys as well. Infinite Hex, a great cyber grind project featuring our boy Otis from New Zealand. Um. I really like the left field inclusion of straight from hell or straight to hell in a way out of context. I would have liked it more, I guess is what I'm saying. Like it's almost like hearing like a health cuts or like a fucking arcade fire B side or yep. something. It's really, it's really left field, but um, I just, I like that they ended with it. Yeah. They but ended I also with enjoy it. the track, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was a bit, I was sort of objecting to it at first, but it, it did kind of sort of grow on me for the uh, the experimentation. At least you have to sort of applaud that for really just coming out of left field. One thing I've noticed is that they've sort of just kind of made a complete stylistic shift, though. I feel like the last album was way more like I don't know, inspired by projects like The Chariot, and now it's I feel like Code Orange has really permeated this band's sound. The track "People's Seizures" sounds like, uh, in a good way, just like like the opening to like a Psyopus track almost. Um, That's a fucking banger. That's my favorite track on the EP, actually. "Whispers" would be my favorite next to a, you know, the "Straight to Hell," but really, you know, not not their sound. Uh, but yeah, man, yeah, you know how it goes. Nice, short, sweet, digestible EP. Gotta love it. Blast through it a few times. Um, some vocal appearances on, I mean, some uh, little collabs on here. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, this is a great, uh, great little EP. Uh, I definitely noticed this, the sound switch, and I kind of like the sound switch. They really remind me of Hazing Over now. I don't want to belabor this too much, but I feel like the guitar textures specifically with the pinch harmonics and like the vocals and just like the whole production, it's really, really similar to what Hazing Over are doing. So if you enjoy that, I think this is like right up your alley. That new wave of like, chaotic metalcore that's like super spontaneous with their breakdowns and, and tempo switches um and yeah and they, they're at they've got a little something else going on here with this like no wave thing that they're they're sort of hinting at absolutely i think febrile seizures is the track though personally yeah fuck it do it i like it so we're gonna go and play for you febrile 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 seizures which is track two from as it came for me, so shall it come for you, which is Abrupt Decay's new EP, which came out on April 21st. Here we go.
All right, so that was Febrile Seizures, which is track two from As It Came For Me, So Shall It Come For You, which is Abrupt Decay's new EP, which dropped back in April. So last, we're going to talk about Hopscotch Battle Scars. What? And Hopscotch Battle Scars are a metalcore, mathcore outfit from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And they just dropped their debut full-length, Sick of You, on May 5th. That's a bit of a short... LP, but it's I think it's justifiably a concept in an album. I was ter- I was torn between this. I'll call it an LP. It's an 18 minute LP. Let's let's say that it's it's a very concise shorts album. You'd have to go on a 10 inch. No, you can put it on a fucking 12. Nobody buys 10 inches no, anymore. No, I'm just dog. saying like I'm just, it's not a seven inch. But it but could fit. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it could fit on one side of a 12 inch easily. Or well, okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> what I are we even talking about anymore? Yeah, you really did. So, man, just talk about a band making huge fucking leaps in quality when compared to their material from just last year. This really reminds me of when the Kalistow Boys Stepped made that jump. Up. Yeah, they made that jump from, uh, from from Animal Tetris to The Great Rocket Robbery or from, I mean, from My Dixie Wreck to Animal Tetris, there was a noticeable leap in production. But I, I think with the leap from Animal Tetris to The Great Rocket Robbery single, there was like, wow, this band is now finally what I think what they sounded like in their heads. And I think that hopscotch battle scars now sounded like what I think, you know, they sounded like in their heads previously. Well said. Um, yeah, I'm extremely proud of them. Uh, it's really cool to see this, this start from just a little seed and kind of flourish as it is. Uh, even just mentioning that tour, uh, the, the seven day tour that they just are wrapping up. It's just great to see that they're being active Doing getting shit. out there. Yeah. Um, getting out and promoting, yep. playing song, uh, playing shows behind this music more importantly. Yes. This album, uh, as well. I know been, uh, been there, seen that did, uh, the CD, uh, for this, so mm-hmm. shout out to them for get, getting a physical press out. Uh, overall, though, I really enjoy. I think that's. I mean, I think that's crucial. I think for you need people, physical. You, need, you have to have physical music. I, I don't care what anybody says. I think having that is a way for you to generate a little extra pocket money, at the very least. Hopefully, you'll do. They'll do another run because fifty CDs ain't enough, man. There should be more of these floating around. You know, hundred CDs and like twenty five cassettes is, I think, a healthy run for yeah. an underground band that is, you know, just like kind of getting their start. There are so many good two-steppy mosh parts throughout these tracks. Um, yeah, they've really gone moshy on this LP, haven't they? I, I mean this in a good way. I still feel like they are finding their sound or finely tuning Agreed. their sound. Um, I feel like th- these tracks still have a little bit of um, a hand-in-a-grab-bag kind of feel. Where uh, I'm not sure. Whether it's it's like there's like they got the mathy parts. You got your breakdowns and just some two-steps. They're all kind of like thrown together in different ways throughout the tracks but yeah I, I feel like they're still trying to figure out exactly what they are I agree with what you're saying but also on another note Wyatt in interviews has said specifically that they they want their music to sound like you're you know like scanning the radio that's fucking it sounds just like that and even um the, <laughs> yeah. the, no, that's sort of being like a, a grab bag you know yeah um nothing to do no one to love uh that one specifically i was really into because it had this really great like kind of hardcore punk kind of uh, uh yeah. start to it that's a banger it really kind of carried it like just kind of carried this more hardcore punk slash hardcore feel throughout that full track and i really enjoyed on that. that note i feel like the sass core influences it's still there but it has been it's been lessened i mean they're definitely still wearing like the cu space cowboy influence on their sleeve to some mm-hmm. degree but there's more like mosh centric bangers with begin anew and um i'm sorry but nothing to do but no uh, no one to love that that one i feel like it's like the lyrics which is sort of my biggest complaint with this album are a bit too on the nose and they're sort of like lacking subtlety but yeah on that track it really does just like 
<laughs> it's like obnoxiously good. Like, yep. what can you say? There's some really like kind of like tongue in cheek lyrics that are um, talking about get the fuck off my blog, get the fuck out of my space. Like, I really love that. I'm like, you mean math core index? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the blog that you're talking about? I feel like there's a lot, like through the, the, the lyrics definitely are, um, angry like they are very angry yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of the you i me you yeah yeah i like you know that i don't know but it's like it's so promising like yeah it's a minor complaint when it's like the the energy and like the the fucking conviction is like all there and now like the songwriting is starting to come together and vocals as well have really stepped it up i mean the three different people contributing vocals on this album and you hear it man Uh, it's it's it and i i I like that about this band everybody kind of shares that task and Mm -hmm. it's all some varied vocals too you know to great effect yeah um Simone, the bass is Simone, su- Simone's vocals. Simone. Holy fucking shit. Wow, like the tunnel throat kind of uh, gutturals are really on point yep. on this release. But uh, that's a really versatile vocalist, though, because she's doing like highs and lows and like mids. So really like wide range of delivery. And then you've got Wyatt covering kind of like the talky kind of like more sasscore yes. parts, which is impressive because Wyatt is the drummer of this band. So, like, kudos to Wyatt for being able to do that. And then the bassist, Eric, surprising... Or is it Eric? I can't remember the name of the bassist is right now. But the bassist also surprising me with, with their con, uh, contribution on this record, too, vocally. Like, I, I heard them in some live footage, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I like what they're contributing. And then on record, it really does come through super oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, just a great, like, triple vocal attack on this record. Any any video I've seen of them, there's, there's, there's kids moving. So, it's fucking great. And they're playing huge fucking gigs with, like, despised icon and shit. Yeah. So, like, yeah, they're clearly getting the opportunities that they deserve to, like, to flourish. And, yeah, I'm excited for Hopscotch. I think that they've got some some major potential. Yep. So I think a Begin Anew is the track that kind of, like, spells out this is, like, a, a rebranding for them. I think we should do that. One of my favorite tracks. Yep. Cool. So... We're going to play for you Begin Anew, which is track five from Sick of You, which came out on May 5th. Here we go.
fucking banger, by the way. I was just saying to Levi during the uh, the you, break there you that attacked me. I did. I attacked him. The uh, yeah, it's just it's great mosh fodder. Really excited for what's next for Hopscotch. I, I feel like they they're really promising and they got a bright future ahead of them. So that was Begin Anew, which is track five from Hopscotch Battlescar's new album, Sick of You, which came out on May 5th. So last, we're going to play our interview with Screamo Legends' Jerome's Dream. It's about an hour long, so get your drinkies, take a little pee-pee, do what you got to do, get a little snacky-poo, get your, get your gushers, get your fucking your fruit snacks. Wow, you're not a father for sure. <laughs> get your... You know, go baby bottle ready. Get your <laughs> crack out an episode of Bluey. You know, it's only about 10 minutes. <laughs> End this podcast. Oh, now. yeah. God. <laughs> Turning into fucking some absolute insufferable parent bullshit now. So, yeah. Here we go. So, anyways. Got it. Yep. They were a liability. Do you guys have any pets? My girlfriend has a 14 year old Brussels Griffon. What's that? It's just like one of the cutest dogs ever. Like I, I, I'm an animal person, but I've never had a bond with an animal like I do with this guy. He's seven pounds, and he looks like an Ewok. Basically, <laughs> that's and fucking adorable. An Ewok yeah. slash stormtrooper. Like he, now that he's old, he's kind of getting that that kind of like droop that storm the, the stormtrooper eyes. Like the anyway, um, yeah. But he's uh, oh, old pets, man. He's an old guy, so yeah. He I got just have a seven year old. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Sure. A very expensive, sure. very expensive pet. Uh, sure. Yeah, Chris uh, just uh, uh, had his first uh, uh, little guy. So uh, he's congrats! Uh, oh, how long ago? Uh, he's five months old. Oh, wow. it looks like you haven't slept in a while. Yeah, I always look like that. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Say, I didn't... <laughs> Listen, he 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 dad definitely like dad. Yeah. When when he we're gonna go really talk yes. on the side. <laughs> yeah. Also, yes, yeah, we got. It. He's yeah. amazing. He's amazing on text, and when I when he's not texting me back, I know it's nap time for him. Mm. Basically, oh, it's yeah. like oh, he's just passed out. Okay, yeah. I'm not responding as fast as I used to. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough. he's not either. Although, yeah, you don't, you don't you don't you don't respond as quickly as you used to. I do sometimes. It just depends on what you say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, now we're airing out some real <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, well, with the passing of Jerry Springer, we had to mm. goad you into this confrontation just yes, now. Yes, so. R.I.P. Yeah, we're going to hit each other in a minute. <laughs> no. Well, you know, Justin Pearson came on. Uh, didn't he? Was it yeah. Springer that he came on? Yep, so, absolutely. Sure. If you can top that, we'll, we'll have a, a real show. I think they had like had like some fighting and stuff like that, or like throwing stuff. I don't remember. I think it was staged though. Wasn't oh, it, it, it was. Oh, it was really fucking hilarious. Like everything. To hear but, ju- to hear Justin be like, you know, it's just the rock and roll lifestyle. It's that like, was amazing. You know, it's a fucking piss take. <laughs> wearing wearing a locust t shirt too and everything. It was amazing. Pretty sure he had the belt buckle on too. But yeah, oh, well, that would have been a missed opportunity had he not. You know, it's true. Weird enough about that interview, I bought that interview on a like a, a screamo vhs tape on e- ebay and Sounds about your right. guys is uh where was that the wrestling oh the Lenez gym yes or whatever yeah, yeah that was bakersfield california yeah. one of my favorite sets was that, that was... like usurp synapse that night and everybody was there it seemed like every band played that night yeah it was them and um race, race band. Band. fuck yeah i don't yeah. remember who the other band was there was they might have been a local band. i know that the the kid who put on the show? I think his uncle had that gym. It was it was actually a chicken coop. Right. Speaking of birds, and they turned it into a DIY show space, and the bands would play in the fucking ring. And it was, I mean, that was that was wild. We showed up. We we're like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. And, um, you know, we were rolling pretty deep because it was a three-band tour. It was JD, Usurp Synapse, Race Bannon, and it was called the Pick Your Poison Tour. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And uh, that, was a, that was a wild summer. That was almost six weeks of touring, and uh, mm. that show obviously sticks out and yeah it's on it's on youtube and many immortalized yeah uh two vans or was it three vans two vans oh god we shared a van with you sir yes that was that was hard (laughs) (laughs) a lot of a lot of kids in that van a lot yeah yeah the van was actually um antonio from the states of seeds who ended up being the second singer of usurp synapse so he somehow I think his dad or something got like this really sweet 15 passenger van. Yeah. So we felt like, I mean, we'd feel that way now, like luxury. stoked, like luxury, like brand new van basically, but it was packed with like 13 kids or something yeah, and was everyone was a shit bag, like in a good, in like a good youthful way. But yeah, there were, there were, there were, there were a few live wires on that tour mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. never a dull moment. Uh, was this before or after you guys did the split with Usurp? Is before I think, like we had like done the tour. I think we had already said yes like, to it. Awesome. And then did the tour okay. while it was being pressed, probably. Was that one on Witching Hour? Because doesn't the guy from Race Bannon also do Witching Hour? Yes, or did Witching Hour? Level that point. record was level well, plate. No, it was on Clean Plate. Was it Clean Plate? Yeah, Will Dandy, okay. Will Killingsworth from Orchid, um, had Clean Plate Records, and I'm almost certain. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Will who put that out, I think. Yes, and he also recorded us for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Will started recording at the time um, on campus at Hampshire Hampshire College, mm-hmm. where he went. Um, and yeah, he put out that record. It was Clean Plate. Yeah, I remember now. But you're saying Level Plane because we are we were on the Antipodes comp with right. Hassani Sabah, JD, uh, the assistant, and I think it was Usurp. Yeah. Maybe someone else. I don't remember. It was a seven mm-hmm. inch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the other sampler you guys were on was the, the Ghosts and the Gears or what? Yeah, that that's, that's dude. I remember that one from way back. No I, way. I, I, yeah, that was another eBay buy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was one of the. I mean, these are all the early releases, but Ghosts and the Gears, which um, that's an iodine one too. Yeah. So I, iodine. Casey was one of the first people to give us an opportunity to to be on a release, like a proper release. And at the time, you know, we were like, fuck, this is cool. Like Converge, Caven, Garrison. Um, Everyone was on that fucking Yeah, one. and then us. We were like, how did we, what? Like, how did we, yeah, how, how did, did we, he even hear of us? You know, mm-hmm. I don't even know how we connected with Casey back then, but it was kind of a, I don't know, it just, it just happened. And before we knew it, we were on that comp and um, it was one of our first songs that we ever recorded, which was Every Day at 306. Which was on the amalgamation split. Yep. Yeah. What a what a cluster of memories because it was all just happening, you know, at, at at the beginning of the existence of this band, and you know, here we are, almost mm-hmm. 20, 23, 24 years later, almost. What the fuck? Isn't that long? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be dead soon. It's weird. <laughs> it's a quarter century. That's fucked up. It's it's fucking amazing though. I feel like uh, samplers are just samplers sometimes, but that one is like treated like an actual full fucking release. Uh, it stands out. You know. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Anything? No. Okay. 
Um, so, uh, uh, we're, we're, I have nothing intelligent. No, 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 we're gone. So, are, are we so, done? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, thanks for the coffee. Uh, I do want to bounce off uh, iodine and everything with Casey. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Casey, in 2001, that's when that sampler came out. When you guys came back and reformed, how did Casey come into the picture again? I'm guessing you guys were just talking or? It kind of happened, you know, maybe a year or so after we became active again. And um, <clears throat> I think Casey just expressed, I, I, I think I, I think what happened was he started DMing us, you know, kind of said, hey, Casey, you know, Iodine, like, just kind of said, what's up? Like, oh, you guys are back. Like, Yeah, so Iodine, like, reformed as you guys reformed, well, that was the, that was the interesting thing about it. I think he was kind of getting the itch to return to this thing that was so important to him. Yep. Um, you know, he's had a full life. He's done some amazing shit in his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, but here he is returning to this culture that, you know, even at an older age, you realize at some point that it's like a very important aspect of your life. And so when we, when he was DMing, we were just doing some back and forth DMing and then, you know, one thing led to another and then he's like, hey, what do you think about maybe doing something? You know, and then the, the, re, the reissue idea came up for that record presents that we did. Of course. And it just happened to be the 20th anniversary, so it kind of worked out, and we, we, we just did it, you know? We just, we said, yeah, let's, that sounds really cool, like, let's, let's collaborate again, let's, let's do this thing, and, and then it just really became, like, a, re, a rekindled friendship, but even, like, more of a friendship than it was back in the day, because back in the mm -hmm. day, we were, like, acquainted, and we, we were invited to be on that comp of his, but... I think as as we as you know the older version of us we just became fast friends and so the relationship was deeper than just like a label doing a reissue it was mm -hmm. like this guy who was from our past who was an integral part of the scene and and our past as well um the relationship became more meaningful you know the collaboration became more mean meaningful and uh and um, and you know we still talk to him now pretty much every day every week you know we check in with him and, mm -hmm. yeah I mean I chat with him and he's just one of the the online homies and everything I mean yeah, I mean 100%. doing the three years of doing my label uh, he right. helped me out a lot gave me a lot of tips and everything so would cool. offer up and just just a great guy doesn't yeah. know me at all you know but just Casey being Casey yeah. you know it's, yeah that's the way yeah generous with his time for sure absolutely generous just yeah a generous human being period. so so when presents. Uh, got you guys agreed on that reissue. Were you guys already talking about making new music? Were you already making music, or I think that's did the L the LP came out first, right? Yeah, I think I can't remember the timeline at this point because yeah, the, the, the nineteen and two thousand twenty is kind of a weird little yeah, mix up there. Up. I, I think what happened. <laughs> I think what happened was when we decided to become active again. That's when we recorded the first LP in 2019, the LP that came out in 2019. And that was just kind of like, just revving up the engine again. Like we just like, you know, turned on the engine, we made what we made, we did a fuck ton of touring in 2019. And I think that's when, that's when the, the Presents release came out. That's when the announcement was like, oh, JD is gonna be working with Iodine Oh, again. great, okay. Yeah, so, so the, upon our return, we did that LP in 2019. And um, and then we kind of you know once once we went on tour that's when we kind of propelled ourselves so like the, the the LP was made 
we were kind of excited. I mean, it was a really ambitious record to make because the the three of us at the time were living in three different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. So to make this type of music, um, and to, to to make it after having been away from it, and we were talking about Headspace earlier, Christian. Like, um, you know, it's like it was just it was just more ambition, more ambitious in retrospect, but. Shortly thereafter, we had done so much touring, and that's where we really clicked back into ourselves as, you know, members of this band, and like just, you know, how reminds we, you why you enjoy doing it. Yeah, it it really it just kind of like ignited us again. The, the the amount of touring we did, and then the pandemic hit, and then things kind of just you know, came to a halt. Um, but we were able to at least reissue presents, and we toured a bunch. Um, and then the pandemic hit and then we basically just like everyone else the rug was pulled out from under us and we were here I had moved here to SF from LA mid-pandemic July 2020 oh wow and um, but it was because this guy was living here mm -hmm. and then our our friend Sean who's also a Loma Prieta who was added as our second guitarist to continue touring with us and with Nick um, he's also here but Nick is still in Connecticut, and what we found over time is that logistically and for a variety of other reasons, it, it wasn't working out in terms of having Nick in the mix still. So, long story short, um, you know, Nick is no longer playing with us, and you know, it's it's kind of a it's a hard thing to talk about, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the time because mm -hmm. we, we're not we're not so fluid with the talking about it because we actually haven't really talked to Nick in a long time mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's unfortunate that it went the way that it went you're also talking about someone who's your friend too so yeah absolutely he's our yeah brother. he's our right. brother and yeah. um, we have a lot of history with him and he's all over this band but to fast forward to where we are now in terms of the time during the pandemic when I came here Jeff Sean that is when the band shifted to a new chapter and so um yeah, it, it it's like let's. I'd rather not get stuck on the the stuff that happened in order to kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm, pivot yeah. to this new realm. So, it, but it's kind of wild to think how much happens in in this span of time. Um, even you know these these recent years of us returning, um, how much has changed? Oh yeah, right. like, yeah, it's wild. And so here we are, and like. Where a band that has been around for a long time, but it is like a new, it's like a renewal, it's like a, it is a complete, like, just new chapter. It's, it sounds like a new chapter, not even from what you're saying, just from the album and everything, mm -hmm. too. It sounds like you guys are, it's, uh, it's hard, man. This, this fucking album goes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Sean is, is perfectly fit into your sound and your lineup. I feel like he's, it, you can hear Sean almost. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> you can, it was seamless. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we're both Loma Prieta fans, just being from SF and everything yeah, like that. Totally it's just, sure. yeah, totally sure. Oh, for for years, whenever I was doubting, just quote unquote the scene, it's always like, well, at least we got Loma Prieta. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I I wanted to just add on to um, just go back to your original question though. Mm -hmm. um, I think before the pandemic derailed everything, I think what our plan was was to do a bunch of touring in 2020. And then come back and write another record. Like we were, we were fully in it at that point. We're like, all right, we're a band again. Mm -hmm. We're gonna tour and we're gonna write record and then we're gonna tour some more. And we're gonna write a record, you know, and just follow follow the 
the natural formula. Yep. So, so um, with that, um, writing the LP, it definitely sounds like you, it picks up from where Presents left off. You know, you have the same kind of vocal stylings there, Jeff, um, and it kind of sounds like Presents in a good way, you know? Uh, this new record, your voice has definitely changed. Uh, what's up there? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, why uh, the decision to go back to screaming from the more sure spoken and actually naturally you're you're, you're you're an older man so you're not going to be doing the bird screams like you used to do like in, do it. you know yeah it's impossible yeah. and i don't really like how that sounds anymore but uh i mean when we started rehearsing for touring in 2019 um like we wrote lp in a vacuum right we we didn't get to go out and play shows and sort of test the songs out and so I wasn't really sure how I wanted to do the vocals. Yeah. So we, I just went with what I thought um, the the natural progression would be. And then when we started rehearsing for our tours in 2019, I thought, I'm just not really feeling doing the vocals this way. So, um, so I said to them, I was like, well, I'm gonna just try screaming. And I did, and then I was like, this is what's been missing. Right. I felt like there was something missing and that was it. As a fan, I would like to agree with you, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have to say, I, as a fan, I, I definitely enjoy the more the visceral approach that you get, the more visceral feeling you get from the screaming. Um, yeah. For anybody that has not seen a live set or any videos of you guys, um, how do you do the, how do you get that sound that you did in LP and presents? It almost sounds like you're talking to like a megaphone mm -hmm. or something like that. How do you get that effect? I just use a, a harmonica mic. So it, it has a different frequency and, um, you know, it just sounds like you're talking through a telephone, basically. Do you still use that now or are yeah. you... Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll run it through a guitar amp, um, but it's problematic because it feeds back a lot, but... <laughs> well, feedback is uh, what JD is about. Um, and that's another thing. This, this whole <laughs> album is just sprinkled with uh, the feedback uh, classic of you guys. Uh, do you get uh, connected to that a lot? Like your sound having that feedback in every track connected to it in what way like when like because when i was playing this album earlier to christian i was like this is fucking jerome's dream because yeah. every track is just that yeah. you know yeah, like yeah. i know it's you guys sure. do, you, do you get like tied in with that yeah i mean we it's it's just another instrument i think you know um, so you know what you're doing well it depends on the room right and yeah. the positioning of the amps and everything but um you know sean and i will talk about oh the this part needs this feedback and um so you know depending on where we're standing you know or like if we went like in the studio things might have sounded a little bit different than they will in our practice space and um but there are there are moments where we're like it needs feedback and needs more feedback so <laughs> but it's a it's a thing that um it it became sort of a natural component of the sound even in the early days, mm -hmm. and I think it started with just having shitty equipment. Yeah, um, you know, it just it it just existed Real shit. in between Real. all the the, We've the, been the chords, you know. Um, but there's something about there's a visceral nature to feedback too, in terms of what it, it creates as as far as um, you know. It, it, it acts as this this thread of chaos throughout the music. It's unsettling at times in a good way, you know. Yeah, yeah. and 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 I think that's something that we've never tried to, um, you know, pacify. It's kind of like it is. It just it's a part of 
the sound. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're, we're trying to, like, 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 for, like, making these records, you know, it's not like we're overdubbing feedback as an, an additional instrument. We're just capturing what's happening, what's coming out of the amps in that moment. That's beautiful. I would fucking hope not. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, because, like, how whack would that be? Yeah. So whack, and I know bands that do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mention names. We're recording. Yeah. But, but, yeah, like, like, you know, with um, Seeing Means More Than Safety, for example, or even the early, the shit before that, like, it, that's just what came out of Nick's amp, mm-hmm. and um, even Jeff's amp at times. Um, and so, so fast forwarding to the grand between this new record and and what was captured, it just became a part of that visceral nature of the sound. And yes, we we, I think, I mean, maybe we're we're just we're just slow to return to the the, the thing that we've been wanting to return to for for years, you know. But like. Mm-hmm. The, L- the first LP in 2019 was almost like the door opening and just being like, okay, you guys are back. You have this thing in front of you. What's next, you know? And so this pandemic, the silver lining of it was we were able to um, find ourselves in a creative process again where we would, you know, go behind closed doors, get into our space every week. Yep. And we didn't have a schedule. We didn't have any kind of pressure. We just went in for the love of well, you know, it was me, Jeff, and Sean in this room. It was like an incubator, you know? We just went in, not having a full agenda, but, I mean, we just ended up writing. The most holistic way possible. Completely. It was, it was totally an organic um, process. And, you know, one week we had, you know, a kernel of an idea of a song. The next week we had a song. The next week we had two songs. The next week, you know, we were rehearsing those two songs and being like, sounds kind of okay together like there's like a, a cohesion here mm-hmm. and then we just kept writing and kept writing and then before we knew it we had recarved out this new feeling for the band this new space sonic space you know and i think just by being in the, in the middle of a pandemic but having the consistency of, of seeing each other every week getting into the room you know one i mean we would hang out Occasionally, before the vaccines were um, available, you know, we, we we would hang out opposite corners of the room and get takeout mm-hmm. and like hang out and shit. But we weren't canceled. Re- yeah, <laughs> but, but 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 we weren't really doing anything, you know. And then once we felt comfortable going into a dirty rehearsal space, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, there weren't that many people practicing anyway, so yeah. we were one of the few going in there mm-hmm. every week. And um, but we just found ourselves immersed in this new body of music that felt right that's exhilarating and that it was totally exhilarating because it was like we had this thing that no one knows we're working on that no one has heard you know um and we were really able to just make it exactly the way it was supposed to become and so this was probably the first time in our existence where we where everything was aligned Mm -hmm. you know um where where except touring Except touring, ah, but, but finally, yes. finally that one crucial component. To- totally, but but um, as far as like making this record and now about to release it next week, it's like everything is in its place. Whereas last last <clears throat> iteration of the band when we were kids, we would make a record, put out a record, like like seeing means seeing means more than safety. For example, we made the record and we were kind of playing it playing those songs before we recorded it 
But by the time that record came out, we were already playing Presents, yep. basically. And people were like, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, right. what the fuck? Really? We, well, never, we, always we would a, never play the songs we, that came out. We were like, they're old. Oh, yeah, man. We, we, we were never on a record cycle. <laughs> right. Yeah. We were fucking like, we, we had nothing. You know, like we had no, like, yeah. I mean, subverting all expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single just, time. Yeah. And we, yeah. we uh, disappointed a lot of people. Which is fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they came back at some point, probably, you know. Um, so uh, I want to—I just want to say this: this album, from what you guys were just talking about, it does feel like it, just starting with track one with conversations. You guys kicked down the fucking door with the feedback, Jeff, your new your new vocals, and the amount of blasts that you got going on here, Eric. It is a fierce fucking album. Thank you. I mean, there are, you have those uh, two kind of like filler tracks you know little yeah, transitions mm-hmm. i kind of need that i need a little second to breathe you know because yeah. it's a, it's a ripper yeah we talked about that actually thank like, you really we need some we need some space some for people room. to just and then come right back to it and, <laughs> and you do and it goes more, right more more abuse yep yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it does allow for some good pacing since you have a couple breathers for sure mm-hmm. yeah. so i i haven't got to like check out the lyrics at all but uh can you just kind of tell us in general jeff like is there a theme going on here with the album or does each track kind of have its own, you know, thing? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, obviously, again, going back to pandemic, you know, I don't want to say that this is a pandemic record or anything like that because the pandemic just made it possible for us to sit down and be together as much as we were. But, um, you know, but there, there's a lot of dark stuff that came out in the world not that it wasn't already there, but it really presented itself. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just really went through it. And I feel like humanity really took it on the nose in, in these past few years. And, you know, the civility of people, which was always hanging by a thread, really got cut. And, um, you know, I just want to, you know... I raising a child right christian where you know you you see the world in a different way now and truly um you just i just wanted to bring it back to a more positive place where people can um sort of see hope and light in the darkness and um you know but but all the all the the back and forth with people you know you see videos of people at the grocery store just being like fuck you yep you know and like um it's my way or the highway for a lot of people and um you know so i i just sort of wanted to tiptoe in between all of that that black and white and that's why it's called the gray in between Mm -hmm. um you know it's just uh your perception is not always my perception and it's important to step outside of your own shoes and see things from other perspectives. And um, so that's sort of the common thread that, that ties the record together. Um, some of it is very intensely personal, um, you know, anxiety stuff. And uh, some of it is my, my stepping out of my own shoes and imagining life for other people mm-hmm. that are being affected by certain things. And um, so, you know, a lot of people have been asking me about Stretched Invisible and, um, you know, that, that was inspired by the war in Ukraine and just trying to make art in the middle of a war zone, you know, and, um, you know, uh, 
some other things I, I won't go into because they're a little too dark for the podcast. But <laughs> um, we, we talked about this a little bit a couple months ago with our friend Jack. and Oh, yeah. And Eric had to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so so I learned not to not to go too dark. But um, yeah. yeah, you really brought the vibe down that day. We were having a great time. And then everyone's like, OK, well, Damn, let's go dude. home. Screamo man brought the feels again. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm not Florida man. I'm Screamo man. man. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I want people to to you know sort of as as dark as the lyrical content is, sort of try to stop and see some some hope in in the dark. Do you have a favorite track that you are really proud of? Um, My favorite one to play is probably Conversations. It's it's my favorite song on the record. the one I'm most proud of is probably, well, I can't say what it's called. <laughs> by, the, by, this, by, by the time we release this, the album will already be out. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's track six. Track six. Track six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like the track. Yeah. Like <laughs> 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 are, are you Did sure? Is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, so you, you have released that as a single. Uh, what is that? The, the A-E, the A-A-E-E-A-A. Yeah, I elect not to say how we, we pronounce it because we just want people to pronounce it in their own. So open to interpretation. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, musically... Um, I think we wrote that in the rehearsal space. It was it was one of the the, the last songs we wrote, um, and so we grew <clears throat> we grew up in Connecticut, and there were there was this band called Josta Fourteen, which were were kind of our hometown heroes. Josta Fourteen was Jamie Shanahan's first band, who is the singer of Hatebreed, Jamie Josta. I was just gonna say it was fourteen. Jamie Josta. Jamie Josta. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, Jamie so when he was when he was you know like sixteen or seventeen, he had this band Josta Fourteen. Um, as kids, you know, they were like the biggest band, you know, in Connecticut. And so when we'd go to the shows, Josta 14 was always headlining. The drummer of Josta 14, uh, his name is Todd Zulo, and uh, he sadly passed away a few years ago in a, uh, a car accident. But for me as a drummer, um, I always saw to him as like the coolest. You know, he, he had his, he had, you know, rack one, he had uh, two toms. Uh, and they were like super flat. They were kind of like shallow toms, and they, he had, always had them super flat. He had a you know a china symbol, and um, and then he had this like bass drum graphic with like some dude with like a, a a pipe in his mouth, and then he had like like these other like hardcore band stickers on it and stuff. And anyways, it was just a really formative vision for me to see this guy, and he had like like cool tattoos, and he had like you know like a mustache and like like these dreads and stuff, and. And he was just such a nice guy, and I looked up. I looked up to him at the time, you know, just like, man, this this kid is cool, you know. He's in just the fourteen and this and that. But to bring it back to this song, um, I adopted a drum pattern that he would always play in just the fourteen, and I applied it to this song. So it's kind of that is fucking awesome. That's great. So the repetition of the the rhythm of this song, the the repetition of the the drums. It's it's a it's a focused homage to him. It's a quotation essentially. It, it's and and you know, yeah, that's that's so from a musical standpoint, 
even though uh, you know aesthetically or sonically aesthetically the song has a completely different it has nothing to do with Jousted 14 but the the pattern that I'm using which I've I've used my whole time drumming because of him we made it or I made it officially like as a this is this is this one's for Todd, you know, for for TZ. <laughs> that's a shout out, tribute, Todd. Though, for yeah, real. you know. So shout out TZ, rest in peace. Amazing dude, that's fucking awesome. Okay, um, uh, so uh, tour. Um, you, I, I mean, I know I know you guys are excited to go on tour. Uh, stoked yeah. on any dates specifically? Any places you haven't been yet? Hmm. I don't, we haven't played Chattanooga. <laughs> I don't we think. are definitely playing. I don't I even know. know. I don't know. You got to do the choo choo <laughs> when you're there. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fun town. I mean, I hear it. I've driven through. I hear there's a good there's yeah. a good scene, but um, you know, we have a ton of touring coming up. Um, not only does the record come out next Friday, but we're playing the next day at ZBR Fest. Um, so that's, yeah. that was going to be another thing we're going to bring up. Uh, we're familiar with the Daves very well. Yes, with also very good people. Um, so we're we're just we're just ready. We're we're just ready. We've been rehearsing like crazy. Um, we're rehearsing tonight. We're rehearsing. It's it's just right now we are in like like war mode. You know, and beautiful. So, and so next week is going to be really fun because the record comes out. We play ZBR. We're doing a couple of other things that will be um, revealed shortly thereafter. Uh, in Chicago, which we're super stoked on, um, and then tour, U.S. tour officially begins May twentieth with Elizabeth Colorwheel, and we're doing you know three and a half weeks across the U.S. Um, we are doing uh, we are touring Europe. Those dates will be announced soon. Awesome! So there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of stuff coming up revolving around the release of this record. So again, it's one of the first times where we're really. Um, aligning our schedule with this release and it feels really good and obviously we're just fucking ready to get get back to it we did a few dates last year with panos become the teeth it was such a teaser you know mm -hmm. it was like you know a handful of shows but it was it felt so good to play and yep. what got me excited was we were playing a lot of these new songs and kids hadn't even heard them and people were going off so i'm like okay what's going to happen when this record comes out like I, we're just so ready to see everyone hit all of these cities, play these songs, and just get back to the thing that was taken away from us yep. when the pandemic hit. So. I, I just, I can't believe that ZBR is gonna be like that beginner, you know? And what an amazing what audience to play. I mean, people at ZBR, they know exactly who you oh, guys man. are, you know. I mean, not you're not going to play some random show in Chattanooga for you the first day. You could have focus you know? group to better fucking audience. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, shit. Well, that's why we chose the release date right. that we did. We we're like, yeah, oh, we let's... actually based it around ZBR. We're yeah. like, oh, we're, we're shout out Dave's. Yeah, shout out yep. Dave's. We're we're playing this fast. And we're like, let's release the record. Let's release the record like the day before. And then Casey was like, okay, like sounds good. So it worked out beautifully, and we are sitting on the records like Casey has the records and uh, they're on route to us yeah. right now yeah. that's a great it's amazing feeling to not have a, a pre-order wait because you know vinyl load, load times I'm sure you know are so yeah. uh, abhorrent for so long yes yeah. so so um, we will have records there and we haven't we haven't seen them yet physically you have your own tour variant correct mm -hmm. awesome yeah and it's just black Simple black. Punk rock. Like it. Yep. Yeah. yep, simple. <laughs> so, I wish other people liked just black, but... Yeah. It we, sounds better. 
We, we tell ourselves that all the time. Just like, well, fuck, it sounds he says, All right, I see the grudge match about to happen here. <laughs> we, just, I mean, just doing, doing, I mean, doing a label and everything. We know everybody yeah, these yeah. days just like bright colors and splatters and things like that. And it's, yeah. it's a, it's that's a bit, sells, yeah. it's a bit tiresome sometimes. But yeah, yeah, we chose to bring it back to basics. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So we, uh, yeah, we, we are, we, we did, we kind of caved and we ended up pre-selling fifty of them online, and those are sold out. So we're gonna have fifty of them at the fest, and um, yeah. And and we have a couple of other treats that will be available that we're not going to talk about. Teasing right now. That's all he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be. Yeah. It's an exciting treat. Yeah. It's, I mean, just like you guys just stepping it up and really kicking down yeah. the door with this. It, just like with Casey and Iodine, it seems like he's like I, the the PR work he's doing with Iodine these days. I mean, he he means business. You guys mean business. It's beautiful. Yeah. He. Yeah. Working with Casey and, and just knowing the type of person he is and how invested he is, it feels really good because it makes us feel less lonely. Yep. It feels like we have, um, you know, a friend, a collaborator, someone who is as dedicated to it as we are. And so it just feels really good knowing that, I mean, even like last night, for example, I think I was working on one thing or I was writing an email to someone, you know, with, with regard to the band or whatever, and then Casey's texting us and showing us photographs of the boxes of, of the records that just came, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's the collective consciousness around what's happening is just truly exciting. And it's not just surrounding JD, it's just what, what he, like you said, what he's building around the label and who he's working with and how successfully he's getting it out into the world yep. and that quicksand reissue alone is a huge thing there were wires was a big one too you know totally yep and and so we're just really grateful to be a part of it and we feel uh, i mean i personally feel like there's a certain level of responsibility for stepping up to the plate Mm -hmm. you know because so many other people are also like working so hard so it's Mm -hmm. like fuck yeah let's all work together and bring this shit up. And know? that's the kind of role that a, a, a label needs to be playing nowadays. Yeah. It's more like the collaborator slash producer, even, if you will. Like, yeah. 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 Everybody's invested. You want to feel like you have that person in your corner, not to just, you know, profit off your, oh, your, it's, your art. It's right. the best. And um, I think, you know, you guys doing podcasts like this, you know, doing the, the blogs, doing the, the videos, people in bands, people at labels, people at print shops, people who are, you know, photographers, videographers, editors, animators, anyone who's doing any kind of creative output, and it's around this culture, this underground scene, mm-hmm. more now than ever, I feel like it's, it, there's a real microphone on the scene. And I feel like hardcore and punk and everything adjacent to it is really kind of getting its shine now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because of the way, um, you know, the ability to get attention onto it and I think people because you know punk in general is like a very visceral thing it's it's an expressive platform yep. and I think people who might might not have been involved in it 10 years ago 20 years ago but they're seeing it they're getting exposed to it and they're like I feel that too or like that that's that's hitting or striking a chord in me like that's tapping into my sadness that's tapping into my anger mm. and I think it's it's growing because of that I mean fucking soul glow and scowl playing Coachella, right. what the fuck? Not loose. You know, right. like that's right. awesome because that's an indicator of where this is going. Yep. yep. In terms of the scale, and um, so it's, I think it's a really exciting time for punk, 
and you know we're obviously super grateful to, to be in that mix to be contributing our piece to it um but also having people who are i think they're listening you know mm -hmm. um so we're just gonna keep rolling with that it's beautiful i it's uh it's so crazy like through the pandemic uh I feel like we all can agree there was a lot of like reunions discussed and coming to be you know but yeah. you guys were ahead of the game there uh you were ready to go before Truly. the pandemic yeah. you know and, we, like, and, and you know at the gates i'm sorry i'm talking so much please uh, it's fine um <laughs> my spokesperson that, anyway that coffee i gave him <laughs> yeah yeah man <laughs> this is some potent shit um, but but really like out the gates you know we were it's weird it was like the, it was like this half and half reception some people were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So excited. And then other people were like, ah, fuck you. You know, like, like cash grabbing, reuni re you know, re reuniting as a band was always looked down upon. Like, oh, especially like in punk, it's like, oh, you're just doing a cash grab, mm -hmm. you know. And we were, and we were, you know. A cash grab is a vinyl reissue with no shows behind it. Sure. In our case, we decided... And it was it was a thing that no one in punk I don't think really has ever done before. We we crowdfunded the record, mm -hmm. and that was you know, holy shit! You guys did for LP, didn't you? Yes, right. we crowdfunded that record, and it was well, it was insanely successful. Like, and it was almost our attempt to see if anyone gave a shit, and yep. people gave a shit. And we're like, oh my god, I guess we're making a record. And that wasn't even through iodine. That was no, micro that, that was all us. Yeah, that was yeah. all us. And that was the first attempt to even bring micro spy to a, you know, I mean, it's micro spy. Yeah, it started out as that, as a label to re to return basically. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we were we were really criticized for it. You know, mm -hmm. like oh, you guys are raising this money. You're just fucking cash grabbing whatever. And and. And I'm not trying to go down on a, a negative pathway, but it was really, it, it really sucked because it's like, damn, like these people, they have such a loud opinion, but they don't even know the circumstance. They don't know what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. yep. But either way, we did our absolute best to deliver and beyond the LP, we just toured like motherfuckers. You know, we did like 65 shows that year, you know, and we were so lucky to tour with bands like Touche, Soul Glow, Gouge Away, Loma Prieta, um, uh, you know, daughters. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the list goes on. Like it was an incredible. I, I left my job to to go yeah. back to it. Yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah, we bye bye like, healthcare, bye bye everything. My wife's always like, "Where's the paycheck, dude?" And I'm oh, like, yeah. "Well, you know, I'm doing this thing again." You know, like waiting for those hardcore bucks to come in. Right, you yeah, just that, wait, babe. Yeah, no man, cash grab. That fucking screamer money. Me. Yeah, the screamer. <laughs> uh, look at the mansion I'm sitting screamo in right now, guys. Yeah, yeah. right. This exactly. The house that screamo built. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm sorry. I kind of lost my direction or train of thought of what the question was. I, I talk a lot. Jeff can attest to that. It was all gold. Yeah. <laughs> but, but either way. Um, you we were talking about the popularity of just hardcore nowadays. And oh everything. yeah, 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 and and so, I think now that we have been active for a few years, like properly, um, we're more ready now than ever to kind of take on where we're at. Basically, you know, mm -hmm. we we worked so hard to make this record. We're fully intact. We all live in the same city, and now we're ready to just go to the next um, place, which mm -hmm. is tour. And so. Touring the latter half of this year is something that we've been waiting for for a long time, and to be able to share these new songs and this new version of the band, especially having Sean in the mix, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, it hasn't even, even though it's a week away, it hasn't even hit us. Like, it's weird. That's a, we're still here, still balancing life, yep. life, life yep. stuff, family stuff, but we're about to do this thing, and it's like, all right, like... Yeah, we get on a plane in a week. Yeah. Literally. So, what, so what time it, is it? Like, you know, we, we will be in the air this time next week to Chicago. Yeah. And, um, I mean, ZBR is going to be so much fun, too, because we're going to, like, reconnect with a lot of, you know, familiar faces and friends and, um, you know, it, it's just, that's going to be such a nice preface to the tour with Elizabeth <coughs> Wheel and um, that's something that we've actually been lacking is, is, is the, the interaction that we're all so used to so, having during going to shows or doing the tours and, you know, so it's like finally, you know. Yeah. Right. And when you're already like a painfully awkward person, it's like really hard to like get back. Speaking for myself, anyway, it's hard to like get back into the uh, the flow of you know oh, socializing. Small talk and, at the yeah, show. Yeah. We haven't seen him forever. Yeah. So I, how you been? Yeah. Working this and that. Dude, I feel that way in life in general. Like right. these days, like the pandemic really, like I mean, I just think interacting with the general public, I'm much more guarded and I'm much more skeptical. Because of this Fair very enough. thing we're talking about, right. this is this black and white nature of like, mm-hmm. like oh you're not like me, you know then fuck off. You guys crowdfunded an album? Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I'm the other way around. I just want to talk to everybody. I'm just like I try to be friendly, and you know if people are having their moment, then I just I, I right, try. I'm gonna walk over here now. Bye. I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but but whether it's behind the wheel of a car or if it's in the line at a coffee shop, I'm like. Fuck or in man. line at the post office. Mm, totally. Crazy. He, he just, the, 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 the observation of people just being awful to other people, I'm like, fuck you. Like, what makes you so special? Mm. And, yeah. and what makes you think that you could treat someone who's just trying to work? Oh, man, I don't want to go down, like, a really negative route, but yeah, San Francisco is, like, the worst it's for that awful. shit, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's awful. I used to work for... The, a lot of entitlement here. Yeah. Dude, I used No to, sense of personal space. Well, you know, I, I used to work over the bridge in uh, Marin County. I um because I, I do like design stuff and I work for this smaller company. And anyways, I would get lunch at Rustic Bakery because that's all that's the only thing that was over there, you know, mm. Rustic Bakery. Anyway, point being, a lot of the patrons at this Rustic Bakery, I would just I would just watch them be fucking jerks to the kids behind the counter. I'm like, fuck, man, like you're, you entitled piece of shit. The like, service industry has never been fun. You know, yeah. it's just it's, it's, it's just a lot of character or lack oh. thereof when you, you know how you treat service people just for no, sure. No civility, yeah. right. you know. But yeah. again, we can keep this conversation positive. <laughs> yes, we all know this. Everyone it's knows. Yeah. I'm always shocked how many people don't tip and things like that. I find out people, some people don't tip. Like I tip beyond my means. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I've always been an over tipper. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's a, it's just like a, you know, you just like just take your cap off to these people who are just trying to pay their rent. Like, yeah. So, uh, with the tour kicking off, uh, Jeff, you got the family. Um, Eric, you got the significant other. You guys got work and everything like that too. How is the, I mean, is it balancing out pretty well with the, the going on tour, working all this out? Uh, it's quite a challenge. Yes, thank you. I, I, we, I mean, if Christian was to take off right now, I mean, we can we, to even just him come over here to do this. We had talked about this about a month ago, you know, and yeah. really kind of work right. it out and everything. And I text him like, "Hey, man, I haven't heard back yet. I really need to know what's going on here." <laughs> Make sure like, the grandparents were free today, you know. Yeah, I don't know I, if you I, guys I saw same. me look at my phone when we got here, but it, my wife was like, "Who's picking up the boy today?" And I said, "You are." <laughs> <laughs> well, I even yeah. texted Jeff this morning. I'm like see you at 12 he's like yeah what's up I'm like just making sure like you know? <laughs> I, I totally last fair. night I checked on him this morning I was like once again how you doing 
when you coming by? <laughs> like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, I'll be here at this time. I'm like, okay, even if you're here at this time, which you gave him a later time, that's still okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, my wife has to travel for work a couple times a month. So her working out her schedule with me being gone for an extended period of time, luckily her office has been pretty accommodating to that. Amazing. Um, but when we get back, then she has to she has to fit it all in. So in between the U.S. tour and the European tour, so we're not really going to see each other very much and. Um, you know, but it's, it's all right, you know, and my job, I'm off for a couple months for my job, um, starting on the 17th. So, um, so your job's pretty Well, You don't have, you have one right now or yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I'm just working part-time. Um, okay. Well, I'm but, glad that they've granted you the flexibility to do that. Cause yeah. and, and I'm sure all your fans are glad as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well. I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, bye. See ya. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, and then uh, you know, it's it's tough to compartmentalize it. You know, like um, you know, I go to work, and then I'm like I'm thinking about JD, or I'm thinking about something at home, and then I get to work, and they're like, "Hey, all right, so we've got all this stuff for you to do," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" I'm like, <laughs> give me a minute to settle in, and then you know, and then before I know it, the day is done, and then I'm off to pick up my kid and go home and make him dinner, and you know, just all the things, and um, but always threading that is our band and you know i'm just trying to make sure that i give it the attention that it needs because it's what i want to be doing all the time so yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome it, it's it's it, for me it's always it's kind of uh, especially now more than ever it is like walking a tightrope it's that f a fine balance between uh being a responsible adult and then allowing yourself to get a little close to the edge for something that you love so much that you just you just need to make it work mm -hmm. so I it, like that it, it's it's a tough one you know um, I think you know for me because I don't have um, I don't have a kid I'm able to kind of keep it a little bit more singular it's like my life you know because I, I, I do freelance work so I'm an independent contractor so I do have flexibility as well as far as when I decide to respond to emails or whatever, but in the same breath, it's a hustle, you know, getting client work and stuff. Um, it it's constant, like you just have to nurture that. Well, like you have anything. to be there to say yes. You're the you're the guy. You yeah, know? and so, but that has also allowed me to tour and stuff and be able to answer emails in the van or do some design work at at you know at night or whatever after a show or whatever. Um, but but this point in the game, it's like. Yeah, I mean, sacrifices do have to have to be made in order to give the time that this thing needs in order to get to where we want it to go. So it's it is always that fine balance. But I feel I feel so connected to these guys, you know, Jeff and Sean, and I feel so connected to this body of music because it really has kind of carved out a new world for us. Like the the grain between, like quote unquote, like this thing that we made. It has empowered me to just be like, not fuck it, but like, we're gonna do this, and this is going to like become what we want it to become, and that is really for us to to give it the attention it deserves, play the fuck out of these songs every night in front of you know other kids uh, who want to hear it, and just allow it to do its thing, but to be front and center there and to just make it happen because it doesn't. I mean, a lot of it is left to chance. Yeah. But I do feel like. 
as a band, we need to do everything we possibly can to to give it the opportunity to do its thing. And again, it takes a village. People like Casey, absolutely, um, and and everyone who's working alongside Casey. Our internal operation, you know, the three of us. Um, you have multiple uh, distributions going on with this album too. Deathwish is doing this as well. I mean, yeah, that's, that's I crazy. Mean, I mean, it. The again, venues, all of everything, the yeah. promoters, you know, yeah. um, and and also, you know, not for nothing. Like, I gotta give props to all of the people who have already been sharing this music just because. Like, all the kids on Instagram, everyone who is like writing about it. Um, that that's not even like facilitated by PR or anything. It's like people who are just genuinely stoked. And honestly, that doesn't go unrecognized because mm -hmm. the amount of people who have shared these posts about the record announcement, who have shared the music as it's come out, it's insane. Like it's it's kind of it's very moving when you like you think about it because it's like, wow, we made something and people are like like a lot of people are sharing it. And that's the other yeah. th crazy thing about you know the internet and like how quickly shit can spread if it's if it's hitting on people mm -hmm. you know um it was a little bit harder back in the day and that's why we all relied on split seven inches oh yeah to, like, you, you gotta the exposure you, you guys know? jd's got a laundry list of splits for sure we, we definitely we have a lot of those we do. Yeah. they're all they're all so fucking good though i pretty oh, much stop. have them all so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was just what you did yeah. Like, oh, you need a band at a show? Like, hey, you're cool. Like, I like your band. Let's do a split seven inch. I mean, that's what happened with Amalgamation. That was our first release. Yep. Uh, we had played a basement show with Amalgamation. A few months later, you know, Forbes, uh, who had a label, the singer of Amalgamation, had a label called Rice Control. And uh, he put out that seven inch. The and simplest packaging ever for that seven inch. Just yeah. the, the sleeve, basically, yeah. with yeah. the little piece of paper on there that, that was, was it, it. Yep. keep it simple yep yep but, but then it was like a nice green colored you know seven inch and everything like yeah i i'm a big fan of that one just the the simplicity of it but then you open it up like whoa look at that fucking color <laughs> I, I got that in middle school and i was just blown away it was one of my first seven inches yeah it was uh what, what i liked about those releases is that they there was always there's there's a story tied to all of them you know and you were talking about chris williams from race bannon who did the label witching out <clears> <throat> I mean, again, this is so cool because like you had your label and like you guys like have have experience with all of this in terms of you know working with with friends, bands, doing packaging, doing the whole thing. Yeah, it's such a cool fucking thing. Witching I mean, Hour specifically, he had a lot of unique packaging was, back in the day. Yeah, and that's what drew us to us. We're like, damn, who who the fuck is this person? Yeah, like for us to have a record out on Witching Hour, and we had a couple. You know, we did a couple splits. Um, the fact that they were witching our releases for us back in the day that was like the mecca that was like yeah. we like this is all we want and the bands were all really good too yeah yeah and the, the it's just so crazy that that skull from witching out with the yeah. split with the orchid yeah. that is basically a meme it is i mean it's like the misfit skull of screamo you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's fucking absurd yeah. it's uh, how do you guys I, do you trip out on that just that release alone, like the sought after. It. You I don't, don't, to be I don't think about it at all. Honestly. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. It pops up, and you know, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That record was supposed to be a bat. Do you remember? Well, that's what what Will Will wanted it to be a bat, like a baseball bat. No, a bat, like an animal. Oh, I thought it was a baseball. bat. No, like a bat. Oh, he wanted it to be a like, bat. Like a bat. But... I was gonna say, how a baseball bat? Like, how would that work? <laughs> crazy. So, um, well, no, he wanted it to be a bat, but we we couldn't figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Or he couldn't. But it's know. not even the packaging on that one, like the skull and everything, but the whole 
inside out and then goes yeah, the other way yeah. the other on the other side it's like what the fuck it was okay. it was really cool i don't i don't even know how he pulled that off yeah. in terms of like paying for it but he that's know, a nightmare too you, you figure out as a label you cut. can do anything but then everything costs a lot of fucking yeah. money so yeah. that was a really exciting time because um you know we we were we were really tight with orchid back then and we were playing a ton together and um you know, they came out with their LP on Evolution. We had our 10-inch out on Old Glory. Eventually, I think I think that followed shortly after. Couple I, months, uh, probably. Yeah, but anyway, it was all kind of. I remember like because I used to live with Will up in Amherst. We had a house called the Rock House, and uh, that's where we. I helped Will build his first recording studio, that is um, uh, now Dead Air Studios. The house it was like an old colonial house in Amherst, Massachusetts, and we lined the garage with carpets total fire hazard but like we made that like the live room and then the 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 foyer or whatever like in between the kitchen and the garage was his control room where he had his little board and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's what that was the beginnings of will recording um but i remember what there it was i think it was up in amherst we had like played each other's songs so we had played we had played them. It might have been like Jay and Will, or I don't know who was there, but we played the cassette of Seeming's More Than Safety, and then they played like Chaos Is Me or something. Mm. Like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Shut the fuck it, up. It was like such a, and I just remember, I just remember us sitting there like lis- listening. And the thing is, it's not like we're like, this is going to like, people are still going to be Jeez, talking about this 20 years later. Years, or, yeah. you know, but, it, but it was like really exciting at the time because, you know, friends making cool shit, and we're like, this is so cool. And then, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly how the this like we had talked about doing a split together, and then I think Chris Williams from Witching Hour was just like, yeah, let's do it. And but the cool thing about that record was how collaborative it was because Chris Norris from Combat Wounded Veteran and Reversal Man did the skull artwork. So there's such there's such cool tie-ins to that record as a and I've I've kind of attributed that record as a marker of the time or mm-hmm. a, as a particular point in time, not like in the genre of music, although it weirdly became sort of a... It, I was going to say, it kind of is with Screamo and everything. But, like, but I just yeah, see yeah, it yeah, I, yeah. I just see it as memories, you know? Yeah. Like, like I remember when we first got them, and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a... It, it's more of like a nostalgic thing for us, I think. But, but in terms of what kind of life it, t- it took on afterwards, yeah. it we're, we're kind of removed from it. Like, it doesn't register that it's like, you know... The, the forefront of a meme for, it's for, so fucking crazy yeah I mean some of those memes are hilarious yeah uh, <laughs> I was asked specifically to bring that up with you I feel, I feel <laughs> like I, I feel like Orchid and Jerome's Dream are memed out a lot in like the scrams right. little things and all that yeah, kind of stuff it's really funny yeah how does it feel to be a pioneer of one of the most like misused genre tags <laughs> <laughs> well you're, you're talking about Scrams. <laughs> well, that, that's a new one. You can just scream. Just like remember, like back in like two thousand and one, people would call metalcore with like a sung chorus screamo. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They took and on still like something else. It, yeah. Right. We're kind of removed from it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I think at the di- at, at the time, are you annoyed? That's not a self-applied label by any certain, yeah. by any means, right? Huh? No. 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 But are you guys annoyed by the term screamo? I mean, do you like to correct no. people? Like, oh, actually, just hardcore if you could, like. I, I don't. I don't like to correct anybody, uh-huh. so I just let it go. But I don't refer to our band as Screamo or Scrams, as they now call it. I guess. Uh, you know, it's uh, 
Honestly, I would raise a fucking eyebrow if you came in here and you're like, yeah, we're like the godfathers of Scram. Close the door on us. Actually, that's what Jeff Garlock and Orchid has a, has self-identified as, the godfather of Scrams. Literally, it's in, it's in the episode. Oh, I swear to God. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, yeah, some, somebody's got to claim respect. I mean, joke, joke, jokingly, obviously. Yeah, very, right. very somebody's got to take the title, man. Right, I guess gotta, so. Uh, yeah. Jeff Garlock. Yeah, Swing your crown, Candy Crown. Funny dude. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's a weird thing because, you know, those bands back then, like the Seishas and the Page 99s and the Orchids and, you know, us and, you know, so many more, like like Neil Perry, uh, Joshua Fit for Battle, Love Lost But Not Forgotten, um, the, the Assistant, all well, the best then, bands. Well, then 400 Years and those Love It bands, like us. that was a little bit before us, but... In our wheelhouse, at the time, I think these bands, you know, they were rooted in punk, they were rooted in, you know, hardcore or whatever, but there was definitely this, I don't know, everyone had different influences. We know what what we were listening to, Mm -hmm. we knew what we were exposed to and what we were kind of like getting lit up by, you know, we were listening to a lot of like West Coast hardcore bands like Angel Hair and Porches of Past and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean countless others Honeywell like like so many bands from the west coast but there was also a lot of east coast bands like you know the Sleepy Time Trios Maximilian Colby's 400 Years um, Reversal of Man Reversal of Man you know like finally a reference I get yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those other ones over my head well, well, well that's the thing there's this sub-genre of, of punk there, whilst you know there's so much kind of like out there for people to know about or to be aware of. There's still so much that people don't know about that was so important and mm-hmm. so formative in that yeah. time for probably us, Seisha, Orchid, like like the 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 cluster of bands that kind of got grouped into this kind of subgenre of hardcore. Like, and I, it would be actually kind of fun to talk about with these these guys again like so long after but like at the time we were just like outcasts you know we were the bands who who weren't like throwing down in the pit you know we were like we were we were like awkward and like not accepted and and but we still felt the way we felt and it came through our music whether it was like anguish or pain or anger uh sadness like it just it all got funneled into this expression you know it wasn't like you know 25 to life or something you know it was like nothing against them barrier dead we were we were the <laughs> I don't want to say the antithesis of like that kind of hardcore but in a way we definitely were like not trying to be that yep. we were just trying we were just trying to fucking like be ourselves you know in my local scene I remember like we would do flyers and if you got too descriptive on the flyers like this band from this place anarcho crust this place death metal and you would see that you want to get into that but to a random person coming by it's too much for them and then the people that are in the scene they get too picky and stuff and I realized like doing flyers back in the day you take that out just names of everything and you got a lot more people coming to the show you don't get the interesting yeah. yeah that does remind me of back then the flyer descriptions were so funny oh my like, god dude like, like like it was like a thing where like 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 you know Nintendo like, Core like like, 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 yeah. like Orchid 
Ebullition Records, Massachusetts, power, violence, like chaos or whatever. Thank you. Page ninety nine. Like like lots of people. Like ex members of this this yeah yeah. Pedigree has to be listed. But but it was funny because it was like yeah these like little like elevator pitches for each band and like how laborious to do that for like a fucking hand drawn flyer or like a hand cut out with eight bands. Yeah yeah. Everybody got their description, man. Lord, who wants it? Well, then you look at it and you're like. Why didn't we get as much love there? <laughs> <laughs> but what I love the most was right. like, like can't find the place? Call Joe at like, you know, like there's like a phone number right. and like, like yeah. a fucking like his hotmail, hot, hotmail. Yeah. 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 DM for address. Geo cities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Geo cities. Oh man, I love seeing that. Yeah. Or, or like they would include like a MapQuest link that was yeah. like you know a million letters long. Like, <laughs> oh man. Um, so I mean, I'm kind of uh, we're kind of wrapping up the questions. Uh, I kind of want to have a little fun here. Um, I just want to know uh, specifically each of you. Favorite show JD's ever done, Eric, or well, to you? Like? Well, I, I know Jeff knows what I'm gonna say. I don't, but I yeah, think do. I do. Yeah, you do. Dude, Sioux I'll Falls. S- oh, Midwest. No, that wasn't baby. what I thought you were gonna say. I'm from North oh. Dakota originally. Uh, oh, really? I, nice. I I grew up with In Loving Memory, and uh, I'm oh, flying oh, into Des Moines for the reunion and everything. But oh, nice. I grew up with like dispensing of false hails and stuff. Still like, yeah. Yeah. did you know Spirit the Spirit of Versailles, Versailles kids? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a name I've heard him utter numerous occasions. Yeah, cool. that's, yeah. Uh, that's, we, play, that's we played that, in their house. That's his yeah. favorite show. That is the South Dakota goat right there. Is yeah. Yeah. Spirit of Versailles. Well, that yeah. was that was one of the most memorable memorable shows. For me, at least back then. Who'd you play with that show? Do you know? I think it was Spirit of Versailles. I think so. And Orchid. Yeah. So we were on tour uh, with Orchid. We were really uh, late. We were really late. Um, it was, I think, when Orchid's record, the LP, just came out on Ebullition. Um, and that did come out first, I think. We didn't have the 10-inch back mm-hmm. then. But anyways, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, we were like driving all day. We were super late. But we were rolling up to this house, kind of like on this hill. And like it was just surrounded by acres of land, open land, you know. Mm-hmm. But when we rolled up, it was like cloudy. You could tell it was about the storm, and these kids were just like sitting on the outside porch with their you know, legs dangling off. And oh, I'm just, already there in my head. They're, they're just, <laughs> I'm already they there. were waiting. It was awesome. And we rolled up. Yeah, that's great. And everyone was so nice. I think there was like some like I think they had fixed some food for everyone. And um, but anyways, it was a house show. It was absolutely jam packed, and there was just a lot of electricity in the air, probably literally and figuratively. Cause, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I think it downpoured that that later yeah. that night or something. Anyways, it, it was one of, like, the most, um, I mean, it was just, like, a, a show where, like, kids were just, like, pressed, almost, like, like spilling over my drums, and, yeah. like, you know, there were some technical difficulties where, like, shit got unplugged, but, like, I think you lost power or something, but Nick was just, like, riding on this one note, and it was, like, he was riding on it for, like, three minutes. It was just one note, and then Jeff finally got power, and then we, we smashed into the song, and then it just... It was Good just, job, Nick. Good save. It was just... <laughs> It's just really fun, and I don't know. I'm not trying to over romanticize it, but it was pretty sick. Obviously, in my head, I'm right there. I've I've been at that show basically. Yeah, I remember seeing those kids and just my jaw hanging. Like, what the fuck? They're all ready. Yeah, they're just waiting. And there we would you say that's your show too? Your favorite show? I mean, no. I know what your show is. Tell me, (laughs) London. This London was great, but that's not. That's like maybe this. What was your favorite show? Probably Wilkes Bear. Oh yeah. Who'd you play with? Wilkes Bear Fest. Wilkes Bear Fest. Like that. I looked over and I saw that, and that was everywhere. Right. Yeah. So. I just did that. That my label. We did the pressing of the demo. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And I actually got one for both of you. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. So uh, no, we played Wilkes Bear Fest. I forget what year it was. Maybe two thousand. 
2000. Yeah. Like Usurp. And lots of other bands. And um, there, again, the, the, the electricity was in the air. Like, you could just feel it all day. It was, like, anticipating, anticipating. And um, by the time we played, it was it was dark, and it was in this warehouse, and they had the, 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 the door open, like the like cargo the door. door. And... Um, we had to turn off the lights to plug everything in. So then it was just dark. With like natural light coming. Natural light from the outside lights and uh, the ambiance. There's a, there a lot of kids. A couple hundred kids in there. And as soon as we hit the first note, I got smashed from behind, you know, because we're facing Eric. Yeah, and yeah. Like I'm falling and all this stuff is going crazy. But then like flowers. There was a water fight. No, but, but someone like, 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 did a thing of flour well that was because the water was everywhere so then they threw out the, the flour to like cover everybody in flour yeah but I remember I was and just like taking naked. my someone got naked at some point I mean yep. this is this is not uncommon for shows back then like someone is inevitably inevitably going to take their clothes off yep. I was going to say that's yep, yep. yep. Well, most part, I, you know as I understand it has a pretty good scene too you know yeah I don't I, I don't know anymore but I, I was like somebody was like shooting me with a water gun. I was so mad. I just took my bottle of water and I was like going like this with it, just like throwing it behind. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I remember Eric saying like somebody fell into his drums and he like almost hit their face with his drumstick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just fun. It was like scrap, scrappy and fun. And um, you know, the shows aren't like that. That not really like that now. Um, you know, but right now it's just. For, for me, it's just kind of cool to see how many people are coming out. It's like, wow, this is awesome. Like, this feels... Like, we'd be stoked if, like, 30 people would come to a show mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. You know? And now... Yeah. Like, That's a good so turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's different, you know? And it's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're just going to harness the now and um, just really anticipate this summer and just keep doing what we're doing doing it the way we want to do it as we always have and and that's that's just it you know and if people want to come and participate that's fucking rad yeah and we welcome everyone to come and participate you know check your shit at the door come on in and just like have a good time with us because i feel like everyone's feeling the need to just go off in a good way but like go off and you know what a better place to do it with music involved and friends and again not to sound all flowery but this shit is like real especially these days because there's mm. so much chaos <laughs> chaos out in the world this earth like the wheels are coming off they have been for decades but the wheels are it we are at a turning point it's rough it's we need a spiritual awakening i think is what you're trying to say mm-hmm. yes yeah. we need to just all pop some we want to be wild stallions we got to microdose some mushrooms <laughs> yep we got to get on that man you know? yeah. but, but no but for real like 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 harmony like harmony yeah yeah and that's a whole other podcast episode but we we can at least control more or less what's in front of us or at least our output and so i think that's what is so appealing having this band still is that we we control the output we make the output we create the output and everything else is kind of left to chance but at least we can make this thing and create it versus like take away and strip you know which i feel like the majority of people Mm -hmm. have become so used to just like me 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 take 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 consume 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 Mm -hmm. when at this point the 
like humanity as we know it is suffering because of that mentality mm-hmm. to think that water is just going to always be clean or like the air is always going to be clean or like Jerome's dream is going to keep releasing music yeah <laughs> you shouldn't mm-hmm. take it for granted <laughs> I mean it's just like we're try <laughs> yeah try not to get too wide on this but man like yeah if you can just find simplicity within the, 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 the chaos then you know, just create, you can create just your own chaos. Find the gray in between, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Yep. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but yeah, Damn, uh, you're good, man. That was great. <laughs> yep. So, I think we are going to wrap it up, though, boys. Yeah. Um, said everything. Oh, yeah. We're not going to ask any silly questions or anything like that. You preempted all, all the questions that I, I had for you. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Now, on to the Patreon content. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so yeah Eric's going to take his clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, do you guys want to plug anything other than albums out May 5th, going on tour? Yeah, do you have any other uh, musical projects that you're working on right now that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you know, check out Loma's new record. That's a banger. Are you playing with Loma Prieto as well? Or? No, no, but, but yeah, it's Sean, Sean is, Sean is very much, you know, he's, I mean, Sean I, would, would, would promote this if he was. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and Sean so doing, is also a very, yeah, he's a very impressive individual because he's working his ass off while also being in two bands full time, Loma and JD. And, you guys uh, found a good one for yeah, sure. He's yeah. a, he's a gem, but, yeah. uh, you can check out Loma's record and, um, I don't know. If you're into podcasts, check out my podcast, Microspy. There we go, Eric. I was, I was like, <laughs> Microspy, Microspy. I'm getting better at this. But right. no, please check out Microspy. We don't have, a, or I don't have a schedule like these guys because I'm less professional. But I do have some pretty good guests lined up. I can't say when they're going to drop, but um, at we'll some point. We'll that for you in the description. So just follow Microspy as well. I'm a fan. Well produced. I listen oh, myself. Thank you very so, much. Yep. Um, but yeah, thank thank you both for having us. This was sick. Thank yeah, you so much for coming on. Yeah. Really appreciate yeah. your time. Thanks a lot. All right, so that was our interview with Jerome's Dream, and thanks again to the band for coming over and spending some time with us in person in the middle of the afternoon. That was a classy ass move. I still can't believe they were here in my place. To, yeah, to just that's a really nice thing to do. Not even at a gig. To literally fucking took time took time out of their day to come to Levi's house and like do an in person interview, which means. A lot to Levi specifically as a big fan of Screamo. Speaking for you, <laughs> just a couple San Franciscans talking to each other, chopping it up, you know. But then, just also the coolest, nicest, most down-to-earth people, and um, yeah, definitely just like felt uh, a closeness with them, even though I don't know them at all. But that's just that's a parasocial relationship for you. <laughs> Je- Je- Jeff and Eric are fucking two well-aged punks. They're getting fucking better as age goes. It's just like wine, you know, man. So those, those two got a and good head still on their killing shoulders. it. Just yep. admirably killing it super fucking hard, putting out an album that is again, again, not lost the plot in terms of what makes heavy music good. As in my forties, I decided, you know, to start screaming again. Like who does that? <laughs> it just reminds me of the whole Jacob Bannon thing. He's always a point of inspiration for me as I get older. Mm-hmm. He's like, what did he say? Like, I'm Jacob Bannon. I'm 41 years old and I'm still angry. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. holy shit. He, uh, I, I feel like Bannon's are canary in the coal mine for all this. Yeah, if you haven't seen another rung in the ladder, I think it is. Yeah. Something like that. You definitely should go take some time to watch that. It's a very short sort of like interview slash featurette about Jacob Bannon of Converge and Death Wish Inc. And yeah, an inspiring individual. And as Levi said, a canary in the coal mine, sort of the barometer for, you know, how long you can keep it going. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And Jerome's dream, you know, in their, their mid forties prove that you can still be relevant and put out emotionally charged music in the screamo genre. It's not you know, just precluded to fucking people who are 
in their 20s and teenage but honestly though like going back in extreme music it's crazy how many fucking good albums were made by teenagers just 16 year olds yep look at quaid forgetting myself quaid ross though i mean fucking 17 years old antarctica oh i trip out about american football and cap and jazz thinking about how young the consellas were when they were doing that you know like i'm just like jesus christ that's awesome yeah the consellas truly still crushing it to this day too like both of them respectively tim and mike specifically I think both still putting out, you know, yep. good music. American football maybe has declined a little bit in like its quality to some degree, but I still enjoy listening to it. I'll like I'll throw it on at least. Yep. That's it. I think that about wraps it up then. So um before we wrap this up, thank you so much if you made it to the end of the podcast. If you like what you heard, do us a favor, leave us five stars on Spotify. Let us know what you thought of the episode on Spotify and vote on what your favorite band was. You can now do that. Via Spotify, I don't want to be a Spotify whore because honestly, like, I fucking, I really object to what they do to artists, but I'm just out here trying to fucking to make it too, baby. Yep, it's accessible, man. <laughs> People listen to it. I can still criticize the platform and utilize it, in other words. So, I guess that about wraps it up for the 99th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. Ah!